0: Hey everyone, welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mark, from the YouTube channel Mark and Cars, and as always, I'm joined
1: with Ajmal. Hey, I'm Ajmal from Flatcap Driver YouTube channel and general chit chat on Porsche Talk. And uh, today we have uh, a guest who I'm incredibly excited about and kind of slightly giddy, so I'm going to try and rein it in, but uh, if we bring on Bart Kuykens. Have I pronounced that right? I have, haven't I? Yeah, oh, yeah
2: yeah more or less more or less but uh, you have the you have the same problem than everybody else So I think I'm going to go for a change uh for the last name and uh yeah it's a it's good the same it looks
0: like it's a good either. dutch name
2: yeah it's 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 Kirkens, but we have probably this uy sound uh is not yeah. very common in our language it's not so. very english uh, no, not very English. Not very. Nothing in nothing. So I just just Dutch. So um, yeah. So for the th-
0: for the three Porsche enthusiasts in the world who don't know where you're from, Bart, give us a quick synopsis. What?
2: Why would Porsche people know you? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to know me because of the books I make, uh, which called uh, a flat six love affair, which is a book series. Um, it's seven books. Um, on the, on the back of the book is a first one is a P-O-R. So you have when you have all the seven books, you have nicely Porsche on your bookshelf. Uh, everything is analog black and white, uh, photographed on film or with Leica or with Hasselblad or uh, 35 millimeter format or medium format, um, depending on where I go, if I want to travel light or if I want to take a little bit more gear. Um, so that's basically why people know me and then I the other possibilities that I featured in the um, worldwide commercial of the 992 car which they launched uh, two years ago more or less almost three I think Um, so those two things combined I think um, yeah
0: yeah great look firstly I know Ajmal's busting I can see he's splitting the sides (laughs) to talk to you about nerdy photo stuff right so let's get that out of the way Ajmal go for it
1: yes so uh, no (laughs) i Because I've I've been following Bart for quite a while. And obviously you've got a very distinct style uh, when it comes to the type of photo. And the I guess the word that I'm looking for is atmosphere that you create in those photos. And everybody tries to replicate it. And as we know, anybody with a smartphone these days thinks they're a photographer, just like anybody with a video blog or something or an online blog thinks they're a journalist. And I, I was just wanted to get your opinion on what you think of these devices that everybody has in their hand. And when it comes to the skill, yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> But when it comes to the skill of composing a picture, that's going to get, you know, put together in a way that creates that atmosphere, that look, that feeling. And the thing that I, in my personal opinion, I don't know anything about photography, but it's, there's a depth to a proper Photo taken with a camera by a photographer that I don't think phones can replicate. But what's your feeling on, on this thing where everybody thinks they've got this amazing device in their pocket and they're basically a photographer?
2: Yeah, that's, 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 that's interesting. I think photography in itself didn't change that much over the years. It's always been a craft. Um, now with the phones, um, everybody has access to an amazing tool because you can shoot amazing pictures with a, with a with an iPhone as well. But that doesn't make you a good photographer. Um, now, what's a good picture? What's not a good picture is an ab- abstract um, thing, of course, because it's, yeah, if, if you're going to discuss art, you know, you, you can go, you like it or you don't like it, you know. But um, I think it's a good thing that it's widely accessible now. Um, it's affordable. Like when we go back 30 years, yeah, everything was on film. Um it was a different ballgame. So not, not everybody had the, yeah, the access to, to buy these, these, these devices. And now everybody has a phone, so everybody can take a picture. is a good thing. Um, downside is, of course, uh, that not everything that they shoot is good. Um, but that's also a personal taste. Um, I, I don't have a background in photography from school or nothing. I just yeah, started taking pictures. And I, I think I just yeah, teach myself and started to do what I thought looked good um so i'm i'm also not a typical car photographer so i i shoot the pictures that i think look good for my eye um and i think it's pleasing for a lot of people because they they, they like it so that's nice i always try to bring other subjects within the picture as well not only the car most of the time you see people as well or something else which make <clears throat> which makes it for me more interesting um but um yeah, coming back to your question, I think it's an interesting thing that, that those devices are available, widely available. Um, but yeah, of course, I'm um I have to follow you that um a good camera and good equipment not always make a better picture, but it helps uh to make a better picture, that's for sure. Um I love taking pictures with my phone as well, but of course it's not it's not a perfect scenario. Um Neither it's an interesting device to walk in a room and charge the people a lot of money when we yeah. just say, "Hey, here I am, and I'm my own iPhone," because they're gonna think. I'm gonna quickly close the door. Um, yeah, because then they're gonna think they can do it themselves as well with an iPhone. So, um, so yeah, there's this for sure a difference between taking pictures with an iPhone and taking pictures with a with a good camera. That, that's for sure. Because I, I always think um, I always kind of
1: equate it to. You know, if you go and buy a a GT3 or a McLaren or something like that, it doesn't make you a racing driver. No, exactly. So so because if you have this device that can take, it can take these amazing photos, but it doesn't give you the eye that makes the photographer a photographer. And that's the difference. It's the person behind it that makes the difference. Whereas before it was a combination of the two, the equipment and the person taking it and the way that they filter it, the way that they might, you know, curate that photo because there's with, with the analog form, you know, you can't go back and change that photo. You've either captured the moment or you haven't. Yeah. And yeah. so, you I, you that know, I, yeah, yeah, that's my favorite bit about it. It's, it's you've captured a moment. And, and you, whereas, you know, on a phone, you've captured it. You know, with the live photos as well, you've captured a series of moments and you pick the one you want, which kind of feels like cheating. <laughs> because, yeah. because you've not captured that moment. That's never going to be recreated. So I I love that aspect of it. One of the things that I I always think that you are probably the pioneer of on online is the the amount of photos that are now taken of people taking photos. So that never used to be a thing until recent years. Yeah. You know, there was a thing about actually I'm taking a photo and this is the scene that I'm taking a photo of. it's become more than that because you can take a step back and you can now go, here's a photo of Bart taking a photo of the scene. And then you can see that and then you can see the photo that Bart's taken. It's kind of it's created a whole almost like a whole new genre of photography, uh, which I mean, do you feel that that's kind of spread across the Internet? Because I've not seen that a lot until you started doing it and then now it's everywhere.
2: Yeah, that's, of course, also a little bit of the evolution of the social media. which in the beginning, then I'm talking almost 11 or 12 years back when Instagram uh, just became, I find it a really interesting uh, uh, platform because it was only visual. Like with Facebook, you had the picture, but then you had more than the picture, you had the blah, 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 and the comments, and people are annoying. And that's why I stopped with Facebook. I said, this is this is useless. And Instagram was new. It was like, okay, it's, it's, it's purely visual. And if you really want to say something, you have to do an effort. You really had to type something. Uh, so it gave me a lot of inspiration. You could find interesting people. But now it's it's so widely spread as well that people post every day, uh, every moment of their life. And, I, and I'm a victim as well. Uh, I, I mean, I'm guilty as well. Um, that you don't see the difference anymore between a good picture and a random picture because you see so much every day. Um, yeah, your mind starts to... I don't know how how I should explain this, but yeah, everything seems to be normal. Like even if it's yeah. a bad picture, it's a picture, you know? You just look at it and say, okay. And you don't take the time anymore to to really look at it because if you wait 10 minutes, then it's gone in the algorithm and then you never see it again. So most of the time people scroll on their phone while they're having a moment of doing nothing, like waiting for the bus or whatever before the red light. You go through the pictures and you randomly like them without even thinking about them. If it's a good picture, you just like them because, oh, it's from my friend, so I, I like it. And sometimes it's a horrible picture, but <laughs> still you, you like it or you say <laughs> great stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, a-
0: to that yeah. end, Dajmal, okay. if I can just interrupt for a moment.
2: Yeah.
0: All three of us are old enough to know about taking photographs before digital photos became a thing. I'm talking pre-smartphone. Yeah. I'm talking even pre digital cameras, which were a thing for what that window of like eight years between the creation of a digital camera and the smartphone. Um, in those days, when I think back, I'm no photographer by any metric that you could possibly measure one, but I was much more conscious of the photos I was taking knowing it was on film. Like I would stop, think, frame, is this going to work? This is going to cost me $1.84 to process so I can see the outcome, you know because I was young and had, that was a lot of money to me at that moment in time to take a photograph and every photo was a considered um, outcome because it was film and the disposability of the smartphone or even digital cameras when they came out you could just punch through hundreds of them which I'm sure you know all all three of us have done in the past the I just think the the fact that you now you are doing what is essentially the classic car equivalent of photography in using a format to have that experience, that's the that's what's nice. And the fact that it is a printed product that is in a book, In you know, with a flat six love affair as an example, or if it's in a magazine or if it's in a brochure. And because it's film, it does have to be in that format to be appreciated as well. And the fact that it, someone's gone, you have to do it, is actually a lot of the value add to me for the type of
2: photography you do, but. Yeah, I used to, because I shoot on film for the books, I used to shoot two rolls of film uh, if I was shooting on 35 millimeter. So two rolls of film means 72 pictures, yeah? 36 pictures in sure. a row, 72 pictures. Out of these 72 pictures, I need to pick between six and 10 pictures. So that means, yeah, you, you, you that means you have to shoot right, you know? it has to be in in there and you don't see it. So you shoot and and you go for the next one and you you, you don't go like this every time your screen. So you have to be a little bit confident what you're doing. If I shoot medium format, I shoot four rolls of film because that's only 16 pictures. Uh, So that's 64 pictures, that's even less. Um, But still I, I have the feeling I end up with more good pictures than I'm shooting digital. Because when I'm shooting digital, which I originally do as well, because clients want to have the picture the same day, sure. uh, or when I mean, it's for press or whatever editorial, um, so I bought myself two uh, fast shooting Leicas. But then, then I have the feeling that I'm shooting like an AK-47. You go,
0: read a tat, Yep.
2: Yeah, and I come you come home with 200 pictures of the same scene, and then you're losing like so much time in in post because you have you have this. This, 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 and this angle, and then you think, oh my god, which <laughs> one should I should I take? So I'm not saying it's it's easier. Yeah, it is easier. You have to be honest about it. Shooting digital is easier than shooting on film because you have so much more room for error because the first picture you take, you can immediately see, okay, is the light good? It's not good. Uh so you can you can correct that immediately. And then the, the amount of pictures you shoot during a shoot is is incredible, so you always end up with, um, yeah, the right picture. I think, um, and for this reason, I I prefer shooting on film because it gives me much more uh, peace in my head. Um, I think about the framing. I see things differently. Um, I'll take my time because I'm also aware of the, of the fact that just what you mentioned. It's every time you click, it's cost your money. Yeah. Um, because basically nowadays a film is costing like ten euro or ten dollar, whatever you want, and then development in scanning in high resolution is another twenty five. So it's thirty five euro every time you shoot a roll of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just came from malay I had eighty two rolls of film. So you know, wow. it's it's expensive.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, did, but- how did you on on the digital side? Um, because. When you when you look at the digital photos, you might look at them on a screen, you might look at them on a little screen on, on your camera, and you scan through and you go, "That's the one I want." And, and when you have you ever then put that in printed format and looked at it and gone, "Actually, that is not as good as I thought it was." Whereas you know on film, you print it out and you only ever really see it in print, so you can say, "Well, that's I, I know exactly what I like and that's exactly what I, what I thought I was getting." Whereas in digital, something on a screen, I find sometimes find it looks different on in printed format and. In printed format, you know, when it comes to magazines and books, I always prefer that. I, I can't read books on a Kindle. I prefer a book in my hand. I prefer, you know, it just much like I prefer to listen to music on a CD and because, you know, it's uncompressed. It's, you know, it's the full effect of what the artist was trying to achieve. And also as a, like if I'm listening to an album, for example, I don't want to skip a track. Because you go, well, surely there's a story across that album and I want to listen to it. And, you know, in my old 1966 and then 12, I've got a cassette player in there. <laughs> so sometimes I go and buy off eBay or somewhere like that a cassette and I want to listen to all of it. And I want it to, you know, go into auto-reverse and then play side B if I'm out for a drive. And I think sometimes there's there's a, a, a difference between what you perceive to be on the screen and what's on in your hand. Do you ever find that you find the, the two are different more than what you expected?
2: Yeah, I, it, the problem is um, with the with the iPhones. Even if you buy the big one, everything looks good, it, but it looks small. It, it's still small, even if it's a big iPhone. It's still small. So, um, if you see that same picture on a screen, on a 27 inch screen, it's a total different picture all of a sudden. And if you're gonna print that picture and you give it like on your on your wall, like it's wow, it's one one forty-two by one forty-two or something, then you see then you see the the magic of shooting on film for example because then the grain is is is, is smooth is equally then is then it's brilliance and i like that of course you cannot print every picture you make but i try to print as much, much as possible that's why i like books that's why i, I like to buy books uh, you have the smell of the paper you have the you have the, the texture of, of of the paper um so it's different it's different on, on a phone everything looks you get a, a, a different you get a different idea about photography if you see everything on a small screen because you have the everything looks so perfect while it isn't um and i i sometimes try to do the comparison between shooting analog and film and and once in a while i just print my digital stuff as well just to see how it looks on on paper uh, and it it looks good but it's different than analog analog just looks much better for me um, Personal choice, of course, it's timeless. I like black and white. Um, so, yeah, I, I think th- so I think the new generation, sometimes I ask myself, if people buy a, a print, for example, for me, a big print, then I'm asking myself, do they buy this print because it's a nice picture? Or do they buy the print because it's analog, black and white and they, they appreciate the grain um, or they just buy the picture because it's mine? So this is something you don't yeah. know. Um, which I think is interesting. Um, because I, I'm a big fan, for example, of, of Anton Corbein, uh, the Dutch photographer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have a print from him right here. And I like it because it's first, because it's him, of course. Um, but second, because I know it's, it's, it's photographs on film and it has this this timelessness in this picture, which I like. I'm See, not a I big like- fan of. Yeah.
1: I don't know, but I like what you the way you described that, and you did that with your hands. Because yes, I always see. do that thing about things how they make me feel. This is a yeah. podcast, um, so I just
0: want to let everyone know these guys are rubbing their forefinger and their thumbs sorry. together. Okay.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I do forget <laughs> to explain those things. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's yes. The first thing you do when you buy a book, when you open a book, what's the first thing you do? You feel the weight of the page. Uh, yeah, and smell and smell and smell yeah. the paper
1: absolutely. and I, and i and I love that because because that's the thing about everything that I do, whether I watch movies, whether I'm driving a car, whether I'm reading a book, uh, whether I'm listening to a piece of music, whether i I'm eating a, a certain type of food, you know there's a feeling and an emotion to it and and that to me is, is more sanitized in the digital world is is my feeling about it? Someone might say, well, don't be silly. it's just a different way of capturing it rather than Displaying it, but to me they're they're all different because, you know, why 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 are we interested in different types of art? Because we're interested in what the artist is trying to say, and the medium that they're trying to say in. Now, if you said, well, actually, I've taken a picture and I've used this camera and it's given me this grain and it's given me this depth and atmosphere in the photo, then all of those build up to that emotion. And when you're looking at it, that's the thing that you you know the feeling that grabs you. But if someone else says, yeah, but I can capture that same thing. With my iPhone, it doesn't okay.
2: capture the, the feeling of the depth. No, that, that's, why, that's why we, our genera- generation generation before, that's why we collect things. I, I'm, I'm a big collector of, of whatever, or pictures, books, CDs, records, um, whatever stuff. I like to collect. Why? Because there's a feeling to it, there's a smell to it, and there's an emotion to it, and there's a memory to it mm. as well. So I have an, an interesting memory about... Sometimes I go to my collection, I see a CD, but I think, oh my God, what was I thinking when I was buying this CD? But back then it makes sense because I was really, well, a fan of it. And the new generation doesn't have that anymore. So because I see with my kids, everything is digital. So they have everything on their Spotify. And if they don't like a song anymore, they just delete it. If they like a new one, they just add it to their playlist. Same with their friends. If friends are on the phone, if they don't like the friend anymore, they just... <laughs> to the left, and the yeah. friend is gone, and we'll take a new one. So by doing that, you don't collect things anymore, and you don't create memories, because in five years nobody knows what was in your playlist five years ago anymore. But if you have, the, if you still have the CDs or the records or the, yeah, then you still then you still have it. That's why I like to collect books as well, and because there's a memory connected to that book when I bought it a couple of years ago, or it was a present, or I was in whatever, thinking about going on holiday to Australia and about a book about Australia. Uh, it, gives me, it gives me memory. And that's why I think why our generation still like to collect things and new generation doesn't collect anything anymore.
1: I, I, I agree with that because I, I've got some vinyl that I listen to every now and again. I've got my old stereo from when I was a child. It's a Pioneer stack. And, you know, it's got the six sticks cartridge for the CD player, which was the first thing I bought when I got a job. And it's got the turntable and it's got the twin cassette deck with the high speed dubbing where you can copy <laughs> the between them. Yeah, yeah. And it is about that thing. And I don't know if you guys have seen the movie High Fidelity with John yeah. Cusack. Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Yep. Now, in, that, in, in that movie, when he breaks up with his girlfriend and he is, by the way, we are going to get on to talking about Porsches soon. But in, the, in that movie <laughs> where he's rearranging his records, And one of his employees from his record shop comes in and goes, I don't understand how you're organising it because it's not alphabetical. It's not chronological. How are you doing it? And he said, I'm organising it autobiographically. And that that made, you know, where my wife saw that and she went, that reminds me of you because I think you would do something like that. (laughs) Because he said, well, when I want to find the Bob Dylan album, Blonde on Blonde, which is a brilliant album, a bit depressing, but an amazing album. He said, right, I have to think about what was I doing or feeling or who was I going out with when I bought the album? And then he looks through and he goes, and it's here because I was doing this at that moment in time and I felt like this. And it's almost like, you know, it's the most, you know, emotive thing they say is smell and sight and, you know, all the different senses and noises. But it kind of, for me, encompasses all of those things and the, way, and the way that you talk about your photography It kind of reminds me of that because I I do things like I listen to cassette tapes, I listen to CDs, I listen to vinyl, I read old books. Um, The things I don't keep are DVDs for some reason.
2: I still have them because nobody wants them anymore. So, (laughs) yes. I've I've, I've got several as well. Yeah, I think a little, little over 2,000 DVDs. And at some point, maybe five or six years ago, I went to sell them. And it was like, yeah, we give like one euro each. I'm thinking, nah, uh, you know, then I prefer to keep them. You never know. Maybe I find space and time somewhere in my house sooner or later. And I just, yeah, when the kids are gone, I may just make a little nice DVD room. Me <laughs> and the DVD, I can see all the movies again. Yeah,
0: go, go back and watch the hits of the 1990s and the early 2000s.
2: Yeah, something like this. Yeah, yeah.
1: Tell
0: uh, me,
2: uh,
1: I've, I've, got,
0: I've got, got a question, photography DVD. question, Bart. With. Yeah. Do you shoot in black and white or just print in black and white?
2: No, I should. I, I on film, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I shoot everything on, in black and white. Yeah, okay. even in digital, even in digital, with the with the Leica like Q2 now, which I think is an amazing camera. Um, they have the color version, they have the, the monochrome version. The monochrome only captures black and white, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I, I bought that one as well because it's it's different ballgame, so you see everything in black and white as well. Um, and it just gives a different feeling for me it's like oh coming home again so because in the beginning I had problem shooting color I I didn't really see it um while in black and white I have immediately like okay this is like a I think it should look um okay but on on film yeah I I always I think since day one I was shooting on um Trix 400 film and maybe I tried one or two times another film because it was not available but I shoot all the time the same film um so yeah. So after a while you know. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, go on. No, after a while you know what you can do with this film because it's 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 forgiving until at some point. Um so yeah, that's why you you know the same genes over and over again. After a while it's like it's like the perfect genes. Same with film. <laughs> if you film all the time, then it gets confusing for me. So um so I was yeah. thinking
1: because because you said earlier that you've not had any classic sort of photography training it's more about having an eye for something that you like and then it turns out a whole load of other people like it as well and they want to pay money for it which is the kind of the best occupation to kind of be in cause, yeah because it's something that you enjoy doing yeah. so go on
2: i i start um getting in photography when i was uh I think in my early 20s, I was I was modeling a little bit. Uh, not really a big deal, but once in a while I had something. Um, and photographers were shooting on, on Hasselblad, medium format Hasselblad, so, you know, clack, clack. Yeah. And I find it so interesting. And then a couple of times they um, invited me to go into the darkroom with them. It sounds weird, but um, <laughs> to see the, the, the actual uh, development of the film and then the, the process uh, of of those pictures and for me it was like magic like wow i want to do it myself and i want to see um where you go with it and i still find it an amazing amazing thing to look at to think about it because you don't think about it anymore but if you yeah it's it's just a roll of film in a camera you you click a picture light comes onto the film and you put it in the chemicals and then the pictures comes back um this is still magic for me uh, And I really enjoyed that process, and that yeah, there I started to be really interested in, in in yeah, in the art of photography.
0: Do you develop your own film? film?
2: Not anymore. Not anymore. I I used to do it, but it just it's time consuming. Um, You need a little bit of. You don't need that much space, but if you want to do it properly, you know. when I was living at home, my mom was a little bit tired. I was always locked up in the bedroom, everything dark, uh <laughs> during the film, then then hanging it on 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 the ceiling. So um so no, I send everything to Germany and they the only thing they do is is developing and scanning film. So it saved me a lot of time and they do it better than I could do it. But um sure. uh, sometimes I think to go back and, and and make myself a little space where I can develop my own film. But like I said, it's it's time consuming. Um so um, so yeah,
1: yeah. Amazing. So what? Um, when you were when you started dabbling in photography, what at what point did you think? Hang on, this is something that I can I can make a career out of. Did, did you think that? Hang on, this is like a real passion, and but it's not just a passion. It's something that I can get up and go to work to do, but it won't feel like work because I love it.
2: I, I don't know when this- yeah, after the first book, um, I started to make prints. Um, I, I wasn't I wasn't doing exhibitions back then, but uh, people were asking about prints, so I sold some prints here and there. And then I just, I think it came naturally. I just kept on shooting, uh, kept on visiting places, um, kept on printing my stuff, um, and then the exhibition starts, and yeah, it was something nice too. But it was not really. Tipping point, I think that I thought, oh, this is for me. Just it still feels like um, a hobby because I really like it and I'm really passionate about it. And I, I told it last week in the other podcast as well. The moment because he asked me why do you do what you do, and said, yeah, because I do what I do. If I stand up, wake up in the morning, and I don't like it anymore, and it really feels like a, a nine to five job, then I then it's time for me to move on to something else. Um, um, I'm lucky enough that I'm that I can do what I do, um, but I'm I'm not sure if, if it's about luck neither. I think it's about uh, commitment um, to something that you really like. Work very hard because yeah, of course, people only see the stuff you post on Instagram. Say, hey, he's in LA. Yeah, hey, he's there. Hey, yeah, of course. But there's there's yeah, there's 24 hours in a day, and a lot of the day also is just. Traveling or being alone or feeling lonely—that's uh, also part of the game because you, you they get sometimes you get really exhausted from traveling and then you know how you, I don't know if you travel a lot, but if you do, then yeah. then sometimes you get in, the, yeah, with the, with the time zones and you get tired and you feel alone and then it's sometimes it's difficult as well sometimes, but it's a it's a commitment and it's a sacrifice I made for myself and I'm happy with that and um, yeah, it is what it is and that's also a thing because it's now so widely available for so many people you have, you really have to stand out in what you do because mm-hmm. if you're average, then yeah, then they can pick like 55 other people on the same day for the same job because they, everything will look the same. So if you want to stand out and do something different, then you have to make the the extra mile and not the extra mile, but the extra two miles um, to do something different than, than, than other people, uh, or at least try to do something different. Um, because there's yeah. many yeah many good photographers out there and many amazing talents it's only getting more and more difficult to to stand out and do something different um i think
1: because i think there's there's something that you might have said on another podcast but it was um it, because that thing that you said about energy and you know when you're traveling and you're fatigued and you think and then you're meeting new people as well and sometimes you can feed off people's energy and other times they can suck the energy out of you and it's it's finding that balance because when you go somewhere obviously you know like if you came to London I went oh let's meet for a coffee and you're thinking the last thing I want to do is meet this guy for a coffee I'm really tired I want to go to my hotel room and just crash there's a thing about um how you feel and how you capture the moments that you're looking at and surely that must translate into what you're doing it's like an actor how they feel when they're performing a certain scene and if they felt in a certain way and then performed it it would look different and I was just wondering if that translates through so if you get to LA and you haven't had a chance to breathe and eat and rest and you go to a photo shoot and it might be with somebody famous you take that you go and look at the pictures and you went and did the same thing but you were feeling energized and rested and and, and enthusiastic in a different way would it translate differently onto the printed printed paper
2: yeah 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 absolutely if you if you for example if you go to if you go to a shoot and you're like in the car for half an hour and you have i give i I just give an example and you're in the car and you have a discussion with your girlfriend for example it's not going good you're you're you know you're fighting for half an hour that has a total different um outcome to your photo shoot than if you go there and you're in in your in your bubble that's why i'm always going when i go to a shoot i like half an hour, an hour before, I, I need music. So I need music to to get in a certain vibe, to get in a mood, because I want to get obsessed by the people I'm photographed. And it's, it's not like, it's between obsessed and falling in love. And even if it's a boy or a girl, I don't care. I want to fall in love with the subject that I'm going to photograph, um, yeah. I want to feel this tension, this 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 this, this chemistry between us, this vibe between. Us. I want to bond with these people to get the most out of the picture and to capture their soul, uh, because you most of the time you only have a couple of minutes. Um, especially when the more famous people get, the less time you get, <laughs> because if, if it's yeah. just like people say, hey, we need an hour, but if the people are really famous, they say, yeah, you have like two minutes, and then you have to be then you have to be creative in two minutes. Um, which was in the beginning was really weird. Like, how can you take a picture in two minutes? But yeah, you just have to look around very quickly and say, "Okay, go here, go there, up and down, tack, tack, tack." You do your thing. Uh, sometimes it works. It's it's not always even always um, as 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 brilliant as you think it was. Uh, but that's also part of the game. Um, More importantly, Bart, what do you listen to to get I in the mood? We as this question. Well, I have a. I have a playlist on my Spotify. I will share it with you if you want. Um, just called, throw some
0: throw I, some music at us. Give us some examples.
2: No, I just called it Inside Out, um, and if it, I, I'm not really um, someone who likes it, this is my my genre of music. I like everything when it's good. It's good. I'm but, very similar. Um, yeah, sometimes it's rock. Sometimes it's it's like sometimes it's now. I'm in it for a couple of weeks in CDs for. The, uh, uh, Gladys Knight, um, I have them here with me, so I will take them so I can. This is now my staple of five, six CDs that I'm here. I have Jimmy Scott, which is really, uh, really great. I have BB King, CD of BB King. I have a CD of Soul Savers, which I really like. Um, and then I have a CD of Mark Lennigan, and then I have the best of Gladys Knight and the Pips. So this is my this is my music for the moment, but it can change to, to next week, to to techno, for example. Sure.
1: Um, no, I like sorry. that. Sorry, I, li- I like that. That it's you know it's forever evolving, and for me, it's the same. It's you know there's a yeah. certain not they're not genres, they're groups of songs, and they they, yeah. they, they enhance my mood at that moment in time, um, and it just always reminds me. Uh, there's a there's a band called Star Sailor. Have you ever heard of them? I've not heard of those. Uh, they're, they're a UK band and they released this album in sort of 2000, 2001. And I remember I bought it and I hadn't listened to it yet. And they had one single out and the, the week before I bought it that weekend, I broke up with my girlfriend who I'd been going out with for six years and she left and I was sat in my flat by myself and I put this CD onto my, you know, real, uh, CD player. And it's the most depressing album in the world. It's don't ever listen to it if you're depressed because it makes you want to kill yourself. But, okay. but the thing is, <laughs> the thing is when I listen to it and I'm in a good mood, it's very, it has a very different vibe and it gives me a very different feeling. So if I listen to exactly the same music, but I'm in a very different mood and I'm feeling a bit down. So it's, you know, I know which music to reach for whatever mood I'm in to enhance that mood and to make it better. So yeah, I, I, I completely get that. And I, and I like that because, there's, you know, there's a thing, I, I do that thing where there's some things you just like, it speaks of your photography where you do something because you like it. And yeah. this, we're gonna, going to go into.
2: I'm good. Still here.
0: Yeah, I think Ashma was yeah. dropped out you're still good bart <laughs> no, we'll mark uh,
2: oh i'm I'm still here
0: yeah okay oh
2: no, he's back he's, he's back yeah okay, I'm back which
0: bit did Is you it? miss oh I, I, I remember the bit i remember the bit where we started talking about um Bart was a photographer, no, not really <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: no, you were saying that you were getting into a a, a certain mood when listening yes. to music, yeah. Yeah.
1: And it, and it was that thing because it's it's very sort of, you know, touchy feely, sort of tactile type um, medium. And it kind of enhances your mood based on what you're on. And it can be if I'm in this mood and I listen to that music, it changes my mood in a different way to if I start off in a high sort of energy mood and I listen to the same music, it re- I react in a different way. And I was going to segue into Porsches and about your um, the, the books that when you go through those books and you look at the type of photography and how they sort of evolved through the six books, does it, is it an evolution of your... Because you're not a massively a Porsche guy. You wouldn't describe yourself like that, would you?
2: No, no, no absolutely not. Um, I'm, I, I don't consider myself as a car photographer neither. Uh, maybe that's also part of the success of the books because it was different than, than, than other books. But yeah, I do see the difference between book number one and two and three and four and five and six. Uh, even in that um, extent, that I see book number one now, that I feel a little bit embarrassed almost, that I think, "Oh my god, what was I thinking six years ago?" Uh, but that's a yeah. As an artist, whatever you do, music, playing football, whatever you do, you you become better in what you do, um, and you see things differently. Uh, and if I flip through. Book number one now, and I go to my pictures, which I have on my computer because everything is digitalized. And I say, why didn't I choose this picture of this one? And this is a an horrible angle. I, I should have taken this one. Um, but it's yeah, it's a moment in time, um, and it is what it is. I think. Um, it's yeah. It's nice. It's nice to see the the yeah the growing the evolution. In in, in in what I do for myself as well, yeah. In
0: a similar vein, but there are very few things more cringeworthy to a person who posts YouTube videos than watching older ones. Yeah. You know, you, you look at yourself and you go, you know, I think I've I've posted about 120 videos now and i look at one, of, you know, any of my early 30 and I'm going, oof, yeah, oof. I'm half tempted to delete them, you know what I mean? But I like them being there knowing that that's the evolution of,
2: yeah, what I do. And the, and the thing is, if you back then, you really thought it was awesome.
0: <laughs> no, I never have actually thought that.
2: <laughs> no. you say, yeah, this is great stuff. I'm gonna post it, and then like five years later, see. Oh my god, it's like it's horrible.
0: It is an evolution. That's so, uh, what you do.
2: It's an evolution, and I yeah, it is what it is, and I'm I'm okay with it. It's just like yeah, I'm happy to see that things are growing, that things are becoming different, uh, and that's that's I. It's not because I think it, I'm pretty sure, because you meet different people all over the place and they inspire you. They say things which you remember. They do things which you say, oh my God, maybe I should try to implement. Because I never try to copy a photographer, but I try to look at different artists and take the good things where I think, oh, I can use this little bit and I can implement it in my way of work or my way of photography, for example um doesn't mean that you steal something from them it's just like you you try to become better uh in what you do, we all do the same. Um, yeah it's the same it's the same with with when when i talk to people i try to inspire them and when they ask me a question i try to tell them listen um your photography is like this i like it. you have to shoot for yourself uh but this is my input do whatever you want with it and if you see things from me that you want to implement in yourself okay then i'm fine because that's, that's that's what life is all about you try to help each other um you try to make each other better um and yeah well we we actually need no. some
0: professional advice Bart that you might be able to help us with In, Sorry? we need some professional advice that you might be able to help Ajmal and I with
2: we uh I, I, I we have no, sh- no clue about podcast so if you need if you need to know about something about podcasts, I can't help you but uh, Photography-wise? Um, no, no,
0: it's, it's it's the in-between bit that we need help with. You've, you've, oh, okay. you've shot some amazing people, but we cannot get oxygen out of them to try and get them as guests to our podcast.
2: Oh, then I should just make an introduction with them via email and then, yeah, you go from there.
0: Yes, Ajmal, I, I, I told you he'd be a good guy for what?
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so who do we want, Mark? Who do we want? Well, we know who you want, right? <laughs> I, want, who do I you want, want, want the guy in the picture in the background. I want Nick Cave. Nick no.
2: Cave. <laughs> oh, Yeah, when yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if he's driving a Porsche. Um, oh, isn't I he an Aussie? He's, no, he doesn't look like the type for a Porsche. Isn't he like isn't an Isn't
0: he American. Australian
2: though, Nick Cave? No, is he he's Australian? A... I think he might be. That's, but, that's that's possible, but he's living in Brighton. Okay. Yes. Part time for the rest. I don't know. Probably houses all over the place, but I think he's in Brighton.
0: Talk about oh, talk about depressing music. Anyway, let's uh, move on to Porsches. Tell us about your cars, Bart. What are you driving these days?
2: Um, I have a nine eleven from nineteen seventy. Mm, nice one. Which normally standing here in my my office, but I brought it yesterday to do the paint job because I wanna I want a different color. The whole car um, is getting color change. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Is it black yeah, or want, white? Which one? <laughs> yeah it's one of those two is it really yeah. yeah it's one of those two no i the thing is it, when i bought it, it was orange yeah. Um, i'm not that of a big fan of orange uh, so i painted it in uh, gt silver uh, which okay. is a beautiful color Um but yeah i'm now i have the car i think like almost 10 years more or less and i was thinking you know i see it every day blah 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 maybe i should wrap it but it, then again if you want to do it right it's also three four thousand euro so um i ended up bringing it to the shop and they're going to repaint it in the original color um which is ivory white oh nice one um, i think it's a beautiful color. great it's, color uh, yeah great color um so yeah so i, I think when it's back it's going to be like a new car
0: well
2: cool. so oh, it'll smell new because yeah.
0: it'll
1: be painted
2: Yeah, new paint, so new smell, so perfect. (laughs) But
1: I like that. Yeah, I I really like (laughs) the fact that you you just gone. Oh, I'm just going to change the color because so many people would go. Don't change the color, but you know what? It's it's what you like. Whatever you like, do whatever you want.
2: You, that's right. Yeah. Well, I I go back to I go back to the original color. So people say, yeah, you always have to do the original color. But I was, I'm not really interested in that. It's not a collector car. It's not a. It's not a museum showroom car. Um, So. But it was all black or white, um, but black black is different colour for hard, a car. Hard um, car to
0: own, black cars, yeah. just to keep it, to the maintain them. They always look dirty. They always, you see yeah. every imperfection.
2: I don't yeah. have a problem with that, Mark. <laughs> well, I, have a, I have a black 944. Nine four. Um, and indeed, if, if, if you think it's clean um, and you just park it like, yeah, just on the other side of the street, then it could be dirty. All of a sudden, because <laughs> the different light. Yeah. Yep. Um, so is that, that, is that
1: the is that, is that the nine four four that I saw on your one of your reels recently? The S two. Is an S two? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, is that an everyday car or is that
2: weekends? Well, you can you, should, you can use it as an everyday car. Do uh, you definitely sure? Yeah, it's comfortable. Um, the problem is, uh, I'm living in Belgium, so it's raining a lot, which is you can drive. This is something in, in in our heads as well, you know. In the nineteen seventies, when people were buying Porsches, it was raining as well, so <laughs> people were all driving the cars yeah. as dailies as well. So you can you can do that, of course. But uh, I have two kids from eight and twelve, and those little monsters don't care about the car. So when I pick them up from football, they just jump in the car with the all with, neck, with the with, yeah with the with the dirt on their feet, and they just they don't give don't give anything about it. So. Yeah, so you always need another car, um, like a family car.
0: Yeah, okay. And um, with the rain in Belgium, I have very limited experience in Belgium. I've been maybe a few times. I spent three or four weeks there cycle racing back in the early 2000s, and I think it rained every day that I was there. No, it's not
2: really- Raining today, yeah. (laughs) It's not (laughs) raining every day, but depending on the season, um, we have some rainy days for sure. Oh, this is. I went in
0: summer and it was still
2: raining, but. Oh yeah, yeah. We we, we have rain in the summer as well because last summer was horrible. I think it rained like like almost every other day. Then the the summer before was better. Then it was really a a great summer. So, yeah, for holiday vacation, I wouldn't recommend planning your
0: month. there are some beautiful cities, but my goodness, is it a terrible place to race bicycles.
2: Yeah. I could not wait to get back to Italy. Yeah, but when it's, when it's raining, there's a lot of oxygen in the air.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. So there's also a lot that of water.
2: True. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but But,
1: I mean, over in the UK, the, the problem that we have is, obviously, because. the weather is unpredictable. Yeah. And it's... That's just uh, shit out. It's rainy. But, but, it's the co- but when it's cold, the, you know, the roads get salted and then that's it you do one winter of driving your classic car and you know that while it's sat in the summer or the winter whatever in the garage it's just rusting because it's got that salt stuck to the bottom of it do you you get that a lot
2: in belgium as well where in the winter the roads get salted the problem is it doesn't snow anymore um with this climate change when i was a kid i used to you know i remember like weeks snowing for weeks we're playing outside we go you know it was crazy. Now. It didn't snow for a day this winter last year i can't remember and if it snows it's like for a couple of hours and then it just slush melts. yeah 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 slush. like so it's 10 degrees something like this now so it's not really cold um it's it's gray and rainy uh gray yeah um, good air cool weather
0: good good air cool driving weather 10 degrees
2: yeah yeah it's a little bit a little bit wet outside but uh it's dangerous but
0: uh, yeah. Uh, is your is 9.11, not... is your, your 1979
2: 11 2.2 2 litre still? Yeah, no, it's a 2.2 T, uh, but I, I, uh, I swapped it for a 3.2 engine, um, many years ago. Yeah, it's because I, I like the 3.2, it's a really reliable engine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bulletproof, I think, I think it's one of the best engines they made. I really like it. Um, it, Maybe it's a little bit uh, overkill for the car, for the chassis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that usually yeah. means fun, it's though, right? a, No, it's not that crazy. It's, it's not like you have people who put a, an engine of, an, you know, with 300 and 350 horsepower in an old car, but this is like, I think, 231 horsepower or something. Sure. Uh, while the 2.2 had, I don't know, what is it? 150 or something? Yeah, 150, so it's a little bit more. Um, but it just gives you the... Um, the ability to drive on the highway like 120, 130, 140 kilometers an hour, uh, without, eh, you yeah. know, <laughs> you feel you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, so, uh, that was the reason why I wanted to have it, and I was not really a big fan of the of the carburetors neither. Yeah. So, okay. so
1: yeah. yeah see, mine, mine, mine is the i forgot, I've got a nineteen sixty six nine twelve so it's the same shape but it's got a 1.6 engine in it uh and you know when i'm on the on the motorway the highway here uh which is not very often but when i am and i'm doing 70 miles an hour it it is making my ears bleed and um and and the heat because if it's on a hot day you can feel the heat on the back of your head and you're thinking what's going on there and then when people are driving past and they're waving at you you don't know if they're waving because you're in like a cool car or they're waving because the car's on fire and you haven't noticed, yeah.
2: but you have the uh, small, you have the small windows in, in, in front. No, the ones you yes. can. Yeah, yes. the ones. Yes. yeah. The quarter ones. Yes. So I have of the same in mind. It's not, I normally, I don't have them, but I I, I bought them because I really like, it's kind of an, it's the best air conditioning you have when you just turn yeah. it. It's great.
0: But it's yeah. the only air conditioning you have. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: It's the only,
1: air
0: it. yeah. <laughs> The, I, I have a three, five, six. Similar motor to Ashmal, yeah. except mine is probably a bit more hot rodded than Ashmal's is currently. My my car drives fine at eighty mile an hour. I could do it all day, and it's not uncomfortable in that
1: in that old car. Maybe because of the weight I, difference in the cars, Ashmal. Maybe I don't know. I don't know because the, the problem is I I frequently when I drive it I I take it to the rev limit. Yeah, I do that all the time. You know, yeah, it's a really old car, but sometimes you know. I'm doing it, and I'm I'm almost like I'm feeling physical pain. Why am I doing this? <laughs> it's going to explode, and I'm going to explode with it. You're thinking too hard about it. I am. I am. Well, I do that with my 911, and Bart, you saying that about your children. So my everyday family car is a 1998 911 and 996. And I've got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. And they don't wait for me to move the seat out of the way. They clamber onto my driver's seat and they clamber through the middle of the seats to get to the back Mm. and they frequently leave footprints on the dashboard or on the steering wheel and sometimes you get in and you put your hand on the steering wheel and there's something on your hands and you just have to just to make sure it isn't what you think it is you have to smell it Are you're looking at your hand and going, "I'm gonna have to smell that. Please be <laughs> mud, sure please, be mud. please be mud, please be mud. please be mud. please don't smell.
2: <laughs> so it hasn't happened yet where it's been anything other than mud.
0: yeah, okay, good, good,
2: <laughs> yeah, but that, that's there's there's a thing when you have kids, and uh, if you have a car and you just just want to drive it and you don't care that much. it's it, it's it's fun as well. but um, yeah i don't know maybe it's because we're get, getting a little bit older but sometimes i feel like driving this old car is a little bit of a sacrifice as well um because if i for example have to go to let's say hamburg which is a five six hour drive i'm thinking should i take it uh, yeah maybe too warm too cold mm, yeah let's yeah. take the
0: daily no, no. yeah i need the heated seats
2: Yeah, especially in winter. Yeah, heated seats, right? You can call uh, because it's just, it's it's a mindset. Um, Because people were doing, I believe in the 70s where people buying a Porsche, it was the best car you can get probably or one of the best cars you can get Um, because the other cars were even worse. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, it's just like, yeah, you have to, Switch and say, okay, I'm going to suffer a little bit. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be, um, it's going to be a long trip. Maybe the car breaks down. Uh, I cannot make a phone call. I just have to put my ears in with my music. Yeah.
1: Uh no, but, but I'm, I'm you know
2: exactly the same.
0: It is an event, though, when you do decide to make those trips in the car. Like those times you do go to Hamburg on that perfect day, and you drive, and everything goes right. You think. hmm, I can see why people do it, you know. On those, it's just all the stars
2: have to align. The reason why you don't do it these days is because the the pressure of time. Because you need to be there at two, you have a meeting at three, one at seven, dinner at eight, and then the next day you have to come back because you have to be back in Belgium. And then because you have to be there all the time on time, you take or the plane or whatever, or the train, or you take your daily because you don't want to take the risk of becoming too late. But if you have if you have time, then it's the most beautiful thing to take. Then you don't take the highway, then you go in between. right. Um, and then you don't care. You drive for an hour, you stop for a coffee, uh, you talk to yourself, and you <laughs> get back in the car. <laughs> um and then yeah, but the, we, it's because we are we are always in a rush. I feel like I'm always in a rush. I'm always racing against against the clock. Um yeah, and this is also something, uh, yeah, it is what it is, I think. Um, Yeah, because we
1: we get we get very caught up in the destination and we forget the journey because the the journey is the thing that you're trying to do as quickly as possible. So I don't you know, I I might do it in a car or do something. You're on a phone call. You're doing all of these things at once. Whereas it's like Mark said, you know, even if I go in my 1998 911, which is a modern car, it's a bit of an event, you know, where where, everywhere I go and and I drive it everywhere. If I'm going down to the local shop and it makes me work. You know, if I forget myself and I do a quick gear change without thinking about it and I crunch it into a gear and I think, no, this car a—it wants my attention. But there's also a thing where everywhere, even a short journey, I turn onto a road and it's clear. And and second, I make it scream. I I just love it because it gives me that satisfaction every single day. And like you said, I'm not precious about it. I don't want it to be damaged. I don't want it to break. But if it gets muddy... I can leave it anywhere. It's a scabby-looking thing. It's done 157,000 miles. I haven't got a lot of money in it, so it means that I'm not precious about it, and, it, and I get maximum enjoyment out of it because I'm just literally driving it every single day. And I know one day it's just gonna it's gonna die, and I'll be really upset. But do you know what? It's and it's not a hardship. You know, if I have to drive go and see my mum, and she lives three hours away, I'll jump in it and I'll go. If I have to go to the local shop, I'll go. It's it's absolutely can we drive fine. It every day? Yeah. You're still driving it so, every day? Yeah, it's still every day. It's my everyday car. It, it's not going to be for very long because my wife hates it. So she now has to drive it because we sold our everyday practical hatchback. And she said, oh, she we're going to get, get another one. So yeah, so she now. Has yeah, oh. Uh, yeah. No, no, the 911. This is the 911. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I've got a 1998 911. So that's, my, uh, that's our family car. So even, you know, at Christmas where I was buying a Christmas tree, huge Christmas tree, you know, sticking out of the sunroof uh you know leaning on my head while I'm driving and I'm trying to change gear and I can barely see and my daughters are in the back laughing at me and you know it's that kind of thing it's just every day I go I go to the hardware store and there's bits of wood sticking out the sunroof or out the window and it's just literally my everyday car and everywhere I go I buy something and I walk back and I think how am I going to get that in the car and then you're moving the seats around and all sorts but you know I love it I love that whereas my wife is she she (laughs) everywhere she goes i say to her send me a text to say you got there okay and she sends me a text saying i made it to work fine p.s your car is shit (laughs) she she sends you that text every time it's like when are we going to get our normal hatchback yeah
2: but (laughs) she's going to to miss it if you're gonna you're gonna regret it uh, i think and then
1: well yeah uh, so, the, so I, it's never going to get sold. The amount of people who want to want to buy it off me because they think I'm just abusing it, but it's not. I'm getting maximum enjoyment out of it. It's not uh, an investment. It's not something to be, you know, wrapped in cotton wool. It's something to be used and driven and driven hard every day. So I, I like it for that. It's just it's it, it's all things to me. But uh, you mentioned earlier that
0: you have returned the cut your nine eleven back to ivory white. You're going through that process now. We, Ajmal and I started a conversation at the last podcast about Porsche colors. Now you shoot in black and white, but you must yeah. look at a lot of the colored cars throughout Porsche's history and think, "Yeah, that one's actually a good one that isn't a monochrome color." Mm-hmm. Tell us, what are they?
2: It depends on the model, because yeah, sure. I think for I think for nine sixty four. I think on, on long hoods on the old ones, the F models, every color look good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you you can go wrong. Uh, you, you can go yellow. You can go green. You can go whatever. It's always, it's always nice. Uh, if you go for 964, I think the most beautiful color is ruby stone. Mm, yeah, I do too. I love them. Yeah, ruby, ruby stone. Uh, black is also nice. You know, black and white is always nice uh, for <laughs> every model. It's always works always. S- silver, yeah, if you're a fan of silver, silver is always good. But... I'm not a big fan of a 964, for example, in yellow. Um, I wouldn't go for yellow unless it's like maybe, you know, Bahama, the Bahama yellow. It's a little bit more uh, different color. But I think it's also depending on the, yeah, on the model of the car, who's driving it. Um, if you go to the earlier cars, a 996, for example, then I'm, yeah, you, you don't see a 996 in, in 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 light brown or something or chocolate brown. I don't, I don't
0: even think during the nine nine six pro, um, you know, lifespan, and so many of them were made. I don't even know if PTS was a thing. There must. It's like I don't. Yeah, nearly every nine nine six you see is a variation of silver. It feels like.
2: one yeah, <laughs> silver. Yeah, I had a silver as well. So, uh, so I don't know. Maybe they were. Uh, they must have had again. a lot of
0: silver paint back then.
2: Yeah, a leftover from the nine nine six. Yeah. <laughs> And then they reused again because that's what they do all the time. They reused pieces of the previous model. So, uh, no, it's true, but I, I don't have a favorite color. I, I had a 997, though, in, in brown, which was really nice. Is it like um, a bronze a metallic brown. brown or was it like the sepia brown? No, it was like a bronze metallic brown, but lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the, the interior was like darker brown. Oh, a nice uh, combination. Wow. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um so but i don't have a favorite color i like ivory white for a lot of cars um ruby stone for 946 is beautiful i think miami blue for 964 is also really nice Mm. Uh, pink why not pink like really pink 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 Um, we have
0: in we have here in perth a carrera gt that is a bright metallic pink how does it look looks like a barbie car
2: And who's driving it, Barbie?
0: No, no, no. It's a um it's a a gentleman who has a comprehensive car collection. Like multiple he must have fifteen McLaren's as well, you know what I mean? The Carrera I think the Carrera oh no, he also bought a a nine nine one Speedster. So he's he has some he has a lot of heavyweight cars, you know. And the Carrera G T it was a factory silver car, but I think it's a. I don't think it's been painted. I think it's been wrapped in the metallic pink.
1: So what's the what the? Because we talked about the new one, didn't we? The new color was it frozen frozen berry. Yeah, I
0: think it's frozen berry. Yeah, that metallic. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that. That, I mean, that bar is is like all modern (laughs) modern Porsche, new Porsche in a pink color. Um, I think there has to be something about the car, and then add the pink to it I, I just can't you know if you saw a 996 in pink i would be like no no Nine nine seven in pink no I, I don't know i think it'd have to be a long hood i think no way. A way
0: ruby up. ruby stones are like pink. Um, stone pink well it is a type of pink don't you think it's more red isn't it but still look you you ask your daughter what color a show a ruby stone car and ask her what color it is
2: yeah, it's more it's more pink than it's red, that's oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah,
0: dark. I don't know. I had a um I had a I won a competition here in Australia um done by Porsche Exclusive Collection, an online competition where uh write an essay on what your favorite road trip would be when you finish COVID, right? And first prize was $1000 Australian to spend in the Porsche exclusive collection shop, you're yeah, online. So you just pick all the things you want and they just send them to you, right? I was, you yeah, stoked. I want it. My daughter says, oh, can I pick some stuff out? Ruby stone red key ring, ruby stone red water bottle, ruby stone red. <laughs> My daughter's uh, nine years old, but Yeah, so she's yeah, she's going, Dad, when are we getting a ruby stone red 911? When is this happening? It's
2: more purple, I think. It's more purple. <laughs>
0: yeah, and... it's, it's sort of in there.
2: yeah. yeah.
0: It's a good I think colour. so. It's certainly not know. frozen berry. Put it that way in that tie can no. color.
2: No, the only thing no. I, I, I'm scared because with the, with the 911 now with the new paint job, I was thinking, okay, it's going to be all ivory. It's going to be all black, or it's going to be maybe ruby stone was an option as well. But I'm I think if I'm going to choose ruby stone, I'm going to like it for the first week. Then I'm going to think, okay, I'm done now with the color, and I just want something. Oh, you, Something timeless.
0: You do need the personality. Yeah. To, oh, look! If you have got a Carrera, a nine-six-four Carrera RS, Ruby Stone is yeah, a genuine is option, right?
2: Absolutely, That's, absolutely. It's the
0: That's only the color, color RS I'd have if I, you know, I'd, I'd yeah. f- if I won lotto, I'd shop the world to find one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't buy a red one. I wouldn't buy a black one. It'd have to be Ruby Stone. If I bought a Carrera, RS. the blue ones,
2: the blue ones, the light blue. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, yeah, there is. I no, think. I'm- If you you go back, I mean,
1: there's there's lots of colours that of a time. So you can now, you know, look at a colour and go, "That's of a certain time." Like you know, Bart when he got his and it was orange, there was a time for that. There was a time for the you know the old mustard yellow that used to be on Porsches. Uh, Was it the one? I think that was one of the first 911s I saw. What was the movie with Robert Redford? The skiing one. I don't know. I think it was like early seventies downhill. I think I think it was called downhill, and then then you obviously you had Steve McQueen, Le Mans, You know the classic movies that you watched and you and you saw it and you thought wow. But if you think about the classic timeless colours, you know they're black, white, silver. You know maybe even red. I, you know I'm not a massive fan of modern red cars, but you know some classics think have to be red. I guess Ferraris have to be red, but I'm not a massive Ferrari fan. But, you know, there's some colours that they will be in, but they'll be okay. But what some colours are, they're in or they're massively out. And yeah. I'm not a fan of those kind of peaks and troughs in in when they're in favour and out of favour. I just like those colours that are timeless. You know, when people say, oh, this is the new black, and you go, no, the old black is fine. Black is fine. <laughs> Don't give me the new black. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, like Ferrari has to be red or black.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Any
2: other color it doesn't work. Yeah, maybe white, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I was fortunate yeah. enough to drive a white four five eight speciale a couple of weeks ago for a, a little while and yeah, white would be okay for me.
1: Do does it have stripes? Of
0: course. It's a speciale. Yeah. yeah. Navy yeah, blue white. navy blue stripes.
2: Or white, or white Testarossa.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Miami. White interior, Miami. white wheels.
2: Yeah, with a full cocaine
0: pack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to watch, I used to watch, um I used to watch Miami Vice, but wasn't it, uh, didn't Tubbs drive a, did he drive a Daytona at one point, or was that? Yeah, was yeah, that the first Don season. He drove, the
0: first season he had a Daytona.
1: But that was Don Johnson, wasn't he, who drove that, not yeah. his partner. Um, yeah. And it was the convertible Daytona. And I used to think that car was amazing, and obviously now, you know, everybody... Rose about them and i guess that everywhere in portofino or somewhere <laughs> somewhere yeah. You know, parked park outside every cafe but you know to me it was those are the kind of in the 80s movies you know where you saw stuff and and you thought oh my goodness that's amazing you know an introduction to u.s cars i didn't know anything about u.s cars but then you know we saw things like night rider starsky and hutch you know Gran torino you saw dukes of hazard which is politically totally incorrect now with its you know flag on the roof, but, you know, you, you saw the Charger, you saw um, the yeah, the Gran Torino, all of those cars, the Trans Am, and they were, you know, they meant something. And, and like you said, you know, it's, it's a feeling of, of, a, of a moment in time. And And when you now see them, you think, wow, amazing. But then you see things like, you know, the Dodge Charger, 7.2-litre engine, and it does 0-to-60 in like three years, and it does a top speed of 102 miles an hour, and you go, how can you make such a big engine go so slowly? Uh, But that was a thing of a time. So, you know, it's just one of those emotive things, whereas now, I just think if I was to have a car, whatever it was, give me a boring, timeless colour any day of the week. I don't want one of those fancy ones. Maybe it's just my time of life or something.
2: Yeah, maybe it'll change over time. Maybe, maybe just at some period in your life where you want to have everything, yeah, the out. I, and, and, Oshmur, and you mentioned that
0: you don't like the colours that go out of fashion, right, that come back again. Like a perfect example yeah. would be 73 Career RS, right, those, all those Skittles colours they came out in. Yeah. Yeah, the oranges, the yeah. greens, all that sort of stuff, right, that they pretty much brought back for the 991 GT3 RS when that came out, you know, that one with all the super louvres in it and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. It's like all those colours were reborn again. But now when you look at 992 GT3, nothing is off the table, is it, when it comes to colours?
1: Everybody's just ordering whatever they want because of the paint-to-sample yeah. options that no, they have. But now have. Everybody, wants, everybody wants something because now you can have any colour but it's factory Yes. And they're going, oh, paint sample. Yeah, I can have, I don't know, olive green or I mean crayon seems to be all the rage. And then all of these colours, then they go, Oh, that's I can be still be factory. I'm still buying this car that I'm hardly ever going to drive and it's going to be an investment, but I can be individual. And I don't I don't know if it's individual because it's just it's it's off a chart. I don't want I
0: don't want to I couldn't bring myself to Spend all that money to buy my dream 911. If my dream 911 was a GT3, right? And know that someone can drive out the showroom in a bog stock McCann in the same color.
1: Because true. all those colors are optioned across all the models. They should give I you special
0: know. colors for those special cars.
1: I don't know. See, bar. This is the thing that Mark and I have this discussion all the time about cars that we're never going to drive. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Own, own. But- I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Drive. Own. Sorry. Yeah. Cars. that we're- Yeah. I'm never going to drive uh, or or own. And then you go and we comment on the on these things, and you know, it's. I guess that's the fun of being on the Porsche Talk podcast. <laughs> we talk about things that we're never going to get near. Well, I'm not.
0: <laughs> You're not yeah, aspirational yeah. enough, Ajmal. Did you did you spend much time in the nine nine two when you did when you did the um the campaign?
2: Ah, no, not a thing, not a second. The car was not there, so so they they did it in uh, in post. So I didn't see it.
0: They didn't they didn't sort of like just give you one to look after for six months. while
2: no, 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 no. The cheapskates in Stuttgart. You should know that. <laughs> oh, man, those guys, they don't give away anything.
0: No, they <laughs> so, don't. I
2: don't. No, no, I didn't see it because we filmed it in Antwerp for three days. Yeah, and then they did the. This is the post production in Germany, so it looks like the car was there, but it was never there. Um, so, uh, but I saw it in uh, for the first time, I think, on a little trip with it, um, in the Alps, and I think it's a great looking car. It it looks better than I think the best looking uh, uh, water cooled. For me, it's still the 997, um, because the 996, yeah, the interior looks like a Fort Mondeo, um, so that's a little bit off. But the 997 is really a nice car, and then the 991. I think the 992 looks better than the 991, but it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great, of course, it's a great car, and of course, of course, it's better than the one before. Uh, there's no, there's no point in trying to discuss that, I think. But
0: um, I don't, you know, the yeah. back, uh, you know, the back, you, you, you know, st- you understand aesthetic and style through photography. Yeah, I feel like that the back of the nine eleven, you know, the teardrop from the, I guess, from the A pillar as it shapes down towards the bumper, it seems to be getting higher and higher. Like you know, you look at a nine six four, or even you know, or even G series cars that line, that silhouette is maintained all the way down to the bumper to keep that nice um, aerodynamic shape and the classic 911 silhouette. But you look at a 992, that, that line is so much higher that it comes down to. Now, I don't know if it's for crash protection or, or what it is, but it's almost as high as a Panamera is. It's that high. When you look at the park next to a, an older Porsche, it's just, I don't know what they've done at the back there. I don't know if it's because of the light bar or for crash protection or what's happening there.
1: Still
2: I don't again. know. Yeah, I don't know. The thing is that I don't like is if you see the back of, especially the lights, and the way it's it's designed. Then and then the nine and two or the the Macan or the Cayenne or the Panamera, it looks the same. Yes, in, in the back, you feel the same. Of course, it's marketing as well. Of course, it's part of the design. But it's, it, I don't. It's an, it's annoying a little bit as well. Then if you spend a lot of money on a on a on a whatever on nine and two, and then you see the same. Little details on the on the Macan as well, um,
0: but that was, quite... that was the complaint. That was a complaint with nine nine six and yeah. Boxster, Boxster as
1: well, wasn't it? Yeah, with the headlights.
2: Yeah, yeah, the headlights.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly
1: yeah. the same with the front. Because I, I think with the nine nine two, it's I agree, Bart, and I think Mark said this before as well. It's so big. Oh, it's um, massive. And what and, and what I like about you know my nine twelve and my nine nine six, they are just slim body. I like that they're just you know your average sized kind of car, and it, but it just feels different when you're inside it, and I, I just can't you know even when I've parked my car next to a 992 and it looks so it looks like a toy next to this yeah. massive thing, and, and I know that they do that experience of being in the car and it's amazing, and even on the roads over here because the roads are very narrow, but you still have that feeling of being you know cosseted within uh, within a little cockpit. But to me, it's just the experience is much better in a smaller car. But maybe it's just being close to the road, being feeling like you have a little bit more control. The computers aren't controlling it for you. I don't know what it is, but less it's just, getting bigger. Sorry? Less sand deadening. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm getting less interested in. I'm not, you know, Chris Harris said it recently. He said, you know, I'm just not interested in the next best thing coming along or the fastest thing. Give me an old car. That gives me a great feeling when I'm driving on a, a winding road and I'm happy and I, I'd have to agree.
0: It's an interesting balance because you've got that example, Bart, that you gave earlier about I've got to drive six hours to Hamburg. You want a car that you can be comfortable in but do something to it that then, then gives you what you want when you want it. Yeah. You know, you want, you want the emotion, you want the experience, you want
2: the dynamics.
0: But yeah, sometimes think, you want the massage seat. Yeah,
2: maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have the idea right now that if I would want to spend this kind of money on a 992 to have a comfortable car, reliable car, et cetera, et cetera, I think for the same money, um, I would prefer maybe to buy a Mercedes. I think for the same money, you would have more comfort, more car for the same money, I think.
0: Which uh, model Mercedes, but.
2: I don't know. I don't know anything about Mercedes. Okay. I, I think, <laughs> I think, I think whatever or BMW or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, Mercedes always seems to me like a like a comfortable car. But uh, yeah, I, I think the 992, I think every Porsche, if you think you're going to buy it as a daily driver, as a family car, you're always wrong.
0: Yeah. Because I agree.
2: It, you, you always end up with having, like, oh my God, this doesn't fit in a car. Uh, so if it's going to be your, daily for your and your wife and your two kids then it's not right car it's always
1: you're right because because you know i've tried to do that and i've been doing it and it's fine when it's just me and my children because my seven-year-old is tall enough to sit in the passenger seat without a seat my three-year-old there's a little child seat in the back behind so and we can all go out and it's great i can get shopping put it in the back seat or in the front it's fine but if my wife is with us my seven-year-old is sat behind me. And those seats are not made for people with legs. They're just not. So, so, you know, I'm sat very close to the steering wheel. And then when I try and turn, my hands are hitting my knees and my, my knees resting against the gear stick so I can't change it properly and it's not enjoyable. Yeah, we can fit in it and I can quite, you know, comfortably go to the local shops, go on a longer drive, but it's not nice. It's not, I'm not driving a 911. I'm just sat cramped up against the steering wheel. Um, but if it's just me and my children, great. So, but but for my wife, it's you know, she's not a car nut, even though she's had a golf R before, she's had, you know, high performance hot hatchbacks. But she gets in and she goes, It's just too hard to drive. It's the clutch is heavy, the 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 gear change is too notchy. And she said, You know, I have to really concentrate when I'm moving off somewhere. I can't see anything where I'm trying to park it. And she said, All the van drivers are trying to run you off the road and everybody thinks you're a wanker. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, and she said, "What is it with van drivers?" And I've noticed that over in the UK, van drivers hate you if you're driving a 911 for no for some illogical reason. It's because so they're in a van. Yeah. You're living their dream. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I've been overtaken by a lot of vans while I've been in my 911 because <laughs> you don't want to get caught in that pissing contest. Yeah, of don't course you don't. Floor no, floor it when the van's trying to overtake you. you say, yeah, just go for it. Yeah, it's fine. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, we're going to end up in a hatchback.
0: We've um we've gone on for an hour and 20. So, I think that's uh let's call it a wrap, but we really appreciate your time. It's been great meeting you, hearing oh, your story. I really it's been fantastic uh you spending the time with us and for the listeners as well to get a hopefully a different perspective if they've listened to you on other podcasts.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, it's diff- it, it, This is what I like about podcasts. Everything is different, and and the one from you guys, it's not about cars all the time. So you talk about photography, about life, uh, which is, I think, is interesting because you want to know more about the people behind the camera or behind the wheel. Um, I, I think that that's that's why I said, okay, guys, let's do it, because I I'm not really a big car nut anyway. So if we have to talk about cars all the time, then I then I'm like I don't know why an answer or which model or then. <laughs> yeah sure so uh, yeah
1: well I think I think the the thing about sorry just to go on about it again but the thing about art of any kind is you understand more about the art if you understand a bit about the artist and and there's a process and you understand about the, the the process of producing that whatever that art is and like you say you know it's it's the opinion of the person looking at it of what they feel about it it doesn't matter not everybody has to like it there's some stuff's polarizing other stuff. people can look, Some people can look at it and be really passionately for it and go, that's amazing. I want that on my wall because of, you know, it might be different reasons, but other people might look at it and go, yeah, it's a kind of, okay, but that that's fine. That's the whole thing about art. It's a conversation yeah, it's stimulator, funny. but it invokes some kind of emotion and it plays back to who's creating it. So I love all of that. Yeah. Great. Perfect.
0: All right, then. Thanks very much for your time, Bart. And um, if anybody wants to purchase any of your books, I assume you got a website. They,
2: they, can, they can still, uh, but the thing is it's almost sold out. So for the first three books are sold out. So I'm only selling the full sets at Good the idea. moment. Uh, yeah. And book number seven is coming in April. So I'm waiting for a couple more pictures to be developed. And then I do the selection. We do the layout and it goes into print. And then by April, it should be ready to ship. Um, and then it's Who's time that? for some.
1: So is that individually it'll be ready to ship or will that be part of the full collection when number seven comes out?
2: It will be, What I do now is, is on the website you can order the full, the full set, which is book number one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, and I'll ship it to you tomorrow. Um, and then book number seven comes in April and then I ship it afterwards. Once I've seen there, the uh,
0: size of those books, but if I ordered six of your books and you had to ship them to Australia, I think the cost of freight would be greater than the cost of the books
2: yeah that's a pain in the ass yeah,
0: yeah okay. Australia. <laughs> yeah, so, a, yeah a, so australians don't of, buy bart's books okay we've got it right <laughs> a
2: couple of countries uh, which is one is australia and the second one is uk these days they is it really brexit oh. yeah it's yeah. coming back people have to pay a lot of tax and they're like mm, they're edgy about it and it's yeah mm, okay. so uh all right then yeah. well good
0: good luck on the uh, on oh. getting that last uh, book out and Thank we you. look forward to seeing it when it does Thank
2: and
1: you. when you're in london if you've got time, next it'd be week, great catch
2: up. I'll, yeah. I'll make time.
1: Okay. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank bye, you. bye bye. 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 bye.